Welcome to Kahila Cast. This is Joe Roberts, Executive Director of Jewish London. Today we're going to be talking to Cynthia McNair. Cynthia immigrated to Canada 16 years ago and worked as a ceramic conservator, working with pottery in China in private practice for 20 years. She is a member of the Quilters Guild of the British Isles and the Contemporary Group within the Guild and the Israeli Quilters Association. Cynthia has shown her work at the International Quilt Festival in Houston, Chicago, and Long Beach, California, at the Festival of Quilts in Birmingham, UK, as part of the Contemporary Group display, which then went to Prague, Czechoslovakia, and has shown regularly as part of the Stretching Art Group in Philadelphia. She was also part of the Sakwa Central Canada Group quilt that was shown in Houston and St. Marie Amine, is that right? St. Marie Amine. Amine. I'm terrible with French. Uh, a piece was also accepted for display in Jerusalem, Israel, as part of the Madeira Thread Challenge. Cynthia now curates quilt shows for the Encounters Art Quilt Group from Israel, which are displayed in London, Ontario, Canada. Correct. Welcome, Cynthia. Thank you, thank you very much. That's thank, very kind. Thank you for being here. You know, we originally had talked about having you on the podcast mm-hmm. uh, right before the Genesis exhibit was supposed to go live last yes, week, yes. Um, or two weeks ago at this point, and we had the kickoff, the, the opening exhibition, about 60 people came to see the, the quilts from Israel, and then the next day it seems like the world kind of fell apart. Yeah. So I'm glad that you can be here today to talk a little bit about uh, you and about the quilts that, that we've brought over from Israel, which unfortunately most members of the community aren't going to be able to see this year. No, not this year, but it's, it's, it's a real shame, but we'll have to see if we can do it again some other time. <laughs> For sure. Um, so let's just get started. I wanted to ask you a little bit about yourself and your background to, so our listeners can kind of get an idea of who you are. Uh, so where'd you grow up? And uh, tell us how you came to London. I grew up in England. Um, and my father used to work for Canadian Pacific Airlines. Mm. And he was often over in Canada. He'd go to Vancouver quite regularly. And then my sister, elder sister, emigrated to Vancouver. And then my brother came to Ontario. And he has been here 46 years now, I think. And uh, yeah, so I've I've always had family connections and I'd come over on holiday to, to see them. So when my husband was offered early retirement, it was, well, let's go to Canada brought him on holiday and uh he, he said oh yeah we could go and have a look at it and not said, florida though right not florida <laughs> no no so we we decided that, that that we would go through the process of emigrating mm. to canada so it was all well and good because uh stewart's company had a, a, a company that they dealt with that helped with emigration and we got in touch with them and they started the ball rolling and then 9-11 happened in the middle of it. So that pushed everything back by about six months. Wow. So um, I had six months to get the application in to the Canadian authorities and then we had to go for our interview. And if you've ever been through that process, it's terrifying because you just go into this room with all these people and this door opens a crack and then they say, they call your number and you have to go rushing across because if you don't, you're terrified they're going to shut the door on <laughs> <laughs> And then we went into the office and we spoke to the, the person dealing with the application and it was fine. It was, it was okay. And then we had a year 
in which to get the visas and get everything organized and move. So mm. we did that 16 years ago. So, well, and so Jewish Londoners know you as a quilter and involved with the fiber arts. Mm -hmm. And that is a very big part of your life, which we'll discuss. Yeah. Yeah. But that's not your background. No, so. my background was as a ceramic conservator. I was actually in fashion retail for, for, for many years. I worked, uh, or I was actually a, a management trainee at Harvey Nichols, um, probably one of the top stores in, in London. So um, I loved it. I loved being there. And I, lo I love fashion. So well, You're was, a very fashionable a lady, that's for <laughs> sure. <laughs> and um, then I left retail and then decided that well, I needed something else to do. And we were at that point collecting a lot of ceramics and a lot of it was broken. So it was, well, I wonder if I could fix this. So there were classes, adult education classes, and I started taking those. And then that led to spending a week at a residential college and working solely with the broken ceramics and really learning how to put them together, take them apart, put them together and paint them and make them look almost like new. <laughs> almost. <laughs> almost like new. So, yeah. so then I did a, a two-year uh, part-time diploma and uh, I, I got a distinction. I gained a distinction in that. Um, but yes, it was. it's basically, it was a long Pro, it's a long process when you repair something because you have to know how to break it down, how to clean it, how to put it back together, how to deal with any problems with it, and then you have to learn how to paint it. And, you, and most of the work I did was for private people, so they were invisible repairs, so you had to match your colors specifically. So what was it that drew you to really dive deep into that. Because it doesn't sound like you just put your toes in. It sounds like you started and you really got involved. Why did that draw you in? It's very calming. It's like watching paint dry. <laughs> because because I would often be asked, oh, could you come and do a demonstration? And I think, really? Because it is like watching paint dry. What am I going to do? Sit there and file a piece of china, file a repair. You know, and it's, it is, it can take ages and ages but it was very relaxing to sit there and do that and it was it, it just gave you confidence working with color and just just enjoying the process and it was always a good feeling when you'd done something and you couldn't see the repair because as a restorer you always know where your repairs are mm -hmm. it's it's the one thing your eye is trained to that your your customer wouldn't know you take the piece back and they'd be delighted, but I always knew. I always knew where the repair was. And so you, when you came to Canada 16 years ago, were you still doing that type of work? I was hoping to. I was hoping to, but the problem is I can't get the materials here. It's much, much, much harder to get what I need to do it. And also climate is different. Well, and too. so climate affects and the work. climate affects the work too. Wow. Yes. Yeah. Obviously, in the UK, there's a real tradition of ceramics and a history of ceramics. Do you find that in Canada as well? No. 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 <laughs> Not quite good of t as good of taste here, huh? <laughs> it's, a lot of it is to do with, with the age of something. In the UK, you had, yes, you had a much wider range of ages, if you like. Mm -hmm. And also, I would visit the potteries quite regularly because when I was doing my diploma, I had to write like a thesis 
So I had to go to the potteries and research it. So I was always there and going from you know one pottery to another and, and just learning about the processes that they were using and had used in the past and then having to reproduce some of those for the diploma. So that, that was interesting. But in Canada, they don't have the same uh, attachment. And I, again, the country is made up of, of a great immigration immigration po population, so they didn't really bring very much with them. So they don't have that attachment. Yeah, well, it was not easy to bring, you know, three hundred years worth of China over. No. <laughs> uh, so let me ask you this then: You said that, talked about the process and the changes. A five hundred year old piece of pottery does it have the similar process that they're using today, or has that changed dramatically over time? The oldest piece. I didn't repair, but one of my students had, and it was a 16th century water fountain, which was actually from China wow. originally, and it was the most amazing piece, absolutely beautiful. Yeah, the, the, just looking at that piece and 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 how to treat it, and 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 all the processes that were involved, it was it was quite interesting. So, so I guess if you have an old piece that breaks, the answer is not to throw it away. No. <laughs> <laughs> to find someone like you who can fix it. If you can, yes. It, it, it would be really nice. If you've got something that's... A lot of, it, a lot of the work I did was sentimental value. Hmm. It was my grandmother's or it was my mom's and she'd inherited it from someone else. So it's, it's that connection to it which people wanted to keep. I, I can't tell you the number of Royal Dalton figurines I repaired, uh, whether it be a finger or whether it be a head. And it was always it was sort of, but there were there were a lot of them. But it, it's just a sentimental value a lot of the time sure. for these people. Wow. Yeah. So what what made you switch to the fiber arts when you came to Canada? Well, when we came here, um, we moved to this little village called Arcona, and I didn't know anyone. My brother was living in London at that time um, with his family, so that they were my connection here. But it was, well, somebody said to me, you should join a quilt guild. And I thought, oh, well, I could do. So I got talking to... Had a, you ever quilted before? No, I don't even sew a button on. <laughs> 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 but I got talking to a, a farmer, an elderly farmer, and he literally lived just up the road from us. And he said, oh, you should come and meet my wife. She quilts. I went, okay. So I trotted up there one day. And she was the most amazing person. Lovely, lovely lady. And she said, oh, well, next time Guild starts, I'll take you along and you can come. And so I did. I joined the Guild. And I had a lot of people there who helped me. And it was quilts, bed quilts. Sure. And it was great, but I am not a quilter. I am not a quilter. And it was with a group of friends that I'd made there. We went down to Pennsylvania and there was a quilt show in Hershey. And we were walking around this quilt show and there were some beautiful pieces. And I, I loved to look at them. And I turned this corner and it was a revelation because they were all art quilts. And that was it. And I, I thought, right, that's it. I can never do a quilt. And so I started very slowly. And uh, the very first art quilt I did was a twin bed size. But it was um, 
and it had the basics of a quilt but then it was what I put on top of it that was more artsy from there on I did another one and then another one and then I just thought yeah that's that's where I'm going and for those who don't know, so what do you mean when you're talking about an art quilt versus a bed quilt? I, I think most people can get a, a picture in their head of what that looks like, but what is the real difference to you? Well, the, the difference to me is an art quilt can be any size you want it to be, really. It can be a, an 8-inch square, or it can be a 40-inch square, or it can be 60 by 40. It can be any size. It could be a bed quilt size if you wanted it to be. But most art quilts uh, tend to be slightly smaller than that. There are some bigger ones out there too. And so you took a trip to Israel, which seemingly changed your view and your life in a lot of ways. You can tell us a little bit about that. I did. I did. I went to Israel in 2014, and that was a year after we'd had the quilt show in Elsa Craig, uh, the Quilts of Israel. And at the very end of the show, we always had a, a brunch. And the quilters said, we would love to see any of you because they'd had such an amazing time and it was a really, really good time. And uh, it was then, I, I used to keep in touch, and I still do keep in touch with a lot of the people that I had come to Elsa Craig. And uh, so I wrote to, to Shoshi Rima and said, well, I'm thinking that I might come to Israel. And she said, that would be wonderful. And it was, it was brilliant. So I told her when I wanted to be there, and that was perfect. And then I had, a, I had an itinerary, and she told me exactly what I was doing every day. <laughs> so I knew exactly where I was every day. It wasn't just a tour. <laughs> it wasn't just a tour. It was, you were, it was from the arrival, and I stayed with Etty, Etty David, and I stayed with Etty for a couple of nights, and then I was moved on somewhere else. I was a bit like a parcel. I was passed around from one to the other, but it was great fun. I had a wonderful time, and uh, Shoshi's brother is a guide and took me all over the old city of Jerusalem and various other places, and, and I've, I've loved it. I just loved every minute of it. And I remember you telling me you took an obscene amount of photographs. I did. How many yes. did you take when you were there? Uh, over 2,000. 2,000. How many days? <laughs> um, I've said 21 days. <laughs> That's a lot of photos. I think I have maybe four photos from my from a vacation <laughs> at max, you know. That's a lot. And well, so the last, last trip I did was in 2017, and I had 1,500 from that one. Wow. Yeah. And I, there's just so much to look at. And and it it's it fascinates me. Mm -hmm. And this has really inspired your art. Yes. How do yes, you very much? What is it about those scenes and that country that have inspired you in that way? Uh, the big thing would be color, because colors are different, and every everything about it is it just 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 the country and the people. Um, it, I, I just find it very inspiring and um, just from a snatched photograph I created what I thought was one of my best pieces um, down an alleyway in Jerusalem and somebody said to me not so long ago that they could actually imagine being there they, they saw that photograph and, and they said I can actually imagine standing there 
it just draws you in and it's it's like a, a quilter will have perhaps a theme that's recognizable throughout their work and I'm, I'm afraid I have one of those because I think anybody who sees whatever I do will look at it and think oh yeah the Cynthia's work but <laughs> it's just <laughs> it was it was just really really inspiring and I, and I, lo I, lo I loved it just loved it and you've become quite close with the uh, women in the Israeli Quilting yes, Association, yes, right? Yes, yeah. I'm the only Canadian. I'm the only member in Canada of the Israeli Quilters Association. Are there members in other countries around the world? Uh, I think there's three in the states, um, but I'm the only pretty one exclusive up here. club. Yes. <laughs> And so you're the only Canadian in the club. Mm -hmm. I actually had the uh, opportunity to meet with Shoshi Rimer when I was in Israel last time. Yeah. And we discussed mm -hmm. a lot of your relationship with her and with Israel and your work um, and how excited she was about bringing the Genesis exhibit here. Yes. Yeah. Um, and, you know, what a partner that she sees you as. So, you know, how has that relationship been for you in your, in your growth as an artist? Oh, it's, it's been immense. It really has. I've, I've, I love talking to Shoshi. I love staying with her. Um, and we have so much fun. And uh, she's very generous in, in what she tells me and what she gives me. You know, if I say, well, I'm looking for a specific piece of fabric. Oh, and she goes to her, to her cabinet. And it's so tidy, which my studio isn't. And she just pulls it out. And there you are. That's, that's take that. You'll need that. And it's just been an incredible friendship mm -hmm. and, and, I, and I really appreciate that with, with all the girls that I know within the group. Um, I was very lucky when on my first trip I stayed with Nietzsche Hoffman who I had never met and I didn't know but she just said oh no she's coming to stay with me and I spent two or three days staying with her and her husband and it was it was they're just terribly kind um, and I hope I pay that back in, in some small way, but um, they're, they're very, very kind, and I've thoroughly enjoyed it. The, going up and staying with Bella in Kafagiladi, which is way up north, right up on the Lebanon border, and it's it's an amazing place to be, um, and, and traveling around the Golan and, and seeing everything there is to see up there, and driving, I remember her, her neighbor, Uri, was my guide up there and he took us out one day and we turned down this track and I'm thinking to myself I'm sure it said military vehicles only or, or you know not for public but we're going down these little lanes and things and we ended up in the orchards and then he made me get out and pick apples off the <laughs> trees <laughs> so it's 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 a it's an amazing connection mm -hmm. that I have with them. That's really neat. You've been to Israel how many times now? Twice. And so what is your favorite place? Oh, Jerusalem. Jerusalem. I love Jerusalem. The people or the, you know, the, the architecture? What is it about it's Jerusalem? It's the people. Hmm. It's, it's just so different to anywhere else in Israel. And it's, 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 it's just a connection. Hmm. And I can't explain that, but it, it, there is a connection and it's, it's just seeing all those different people coming together in one spot that the, is just fascinating hmm. just fascinating and i'm going again this year this when are you going october good weather yes <laughs> your fingers crossed right i mean 
hopefully everything will be good and travel will be okay by then. Hopefully. I know that since I've been here, you and I have been talking about this exhibit that's here right now Mm -hmm. that unfortunately only you and I get to see today. (laughs) What has that process meant for you in curating these and bringing these over and helping people here kind of see the work of the Israeli Quilters Association? I think it's... I just think I want to bring these in to give people a different view. Um, The Encounters group is very much an art quilt group. So they'll come up with a theme and they'll work on that theme. Um, And I don't know quite how long it takes them. Um, They sort of get together and they'll bounce ideas off each other and they'll show their work in progress and, and things like that. But... When I see it, it it just lights a fire and I think I have to bring it here for other people to enjoy and enjoy it from an art point of view. I hear so many people say, oh, well, I'm not a quilter. You don't have to be a quilter. If you enjoy art, that's what this is about. It's not about being a quilter and looking at fabric quilts. Mm -hmm. It's, It's about the art and the processes that they use to to make these pieces. I'm sure a lot of people are surprised when they when they think quilts and then they come and they see these art pieces. Mm. You know, what are kind of what are the things that you think are most surprising to people about art quilting uh, versus kind of we talked about the uh, traditional bed quilts. In this particular show, I think it's color. It's always color. Even with uh, the Israeli landscapes, there were there was still a different color to it. I, I, I just think technique and just the the innovative use of different fabrics because they don't have uh, they have lots of fabric shops, but they don't have quilt shops. There's only one in the middle of Israel somewhere, and I've never been to it. But you, you've <laughs> I, never been to it. <laughs> no, I, I go to the um, to the textiles uh, center of, of Tel Aviv and drool because I, I love to. I want to spend. Hopefully, if I go this year, then I'm going to spend an entire day in that area because because I just love to see all the different fabrics and I haven't really had that opportunity as yet I'd love to so I really want to spend the day just walking up and down looking at the fabric shops the first time I went show she left me in this street uh, while she went back to the car with the shopping because she was buying fruit and vegetables and I stood at this outside this store waiting for her but stroking this bolt of fabric which was all beaded and pearled and I thought oh gosh it's so beautiful <laughs> but I didn't want to go and walk in just in case somebody spoke to me and I <laughs> and I wasn't buying anything <laughs> but it was just lovely to stand there and look at it and give it a little stroke <laughs> can you tell listeners just a little bit about what they're missing by not being able to see this right now they're missing an amazing show People aren't going to get the chance to see this show, mm-hmm. and it's really unfortunate. You know, what would you like them to think about when they think about art quilting? And hopefully, when the next time we have a show here at Jewish London, what would you like to come to their minds? I would like them to think about, um, if I can sort of think about Genesis for the moment, I think what I would like people to think about is is how certain 
passages from the Bible from, from Genesis have been taken and used as the inspiration for these pieces. So, for example, I think there are three in there called Let There Be Light. And there, every one of those is different. Each person has interpreted that in a completely different way. Um, there, there's an explosion of color in some of them, uh, which, which is absolutely amazing. And I, and I think that's what people have enjoyed in the past um, from, from the Israeli quilters. And, and that's what I want them to enjoy in the future. Look, look forward to whatever th theme they come up with next um, or wherever this goes and, and think about how these, these people interpret that theme because we all have different ways of interpreting it. But, but certainly with Genesis, the use of the, the ideas that they've had, uh, again, with birds and fishes, there, there are three or four interpretations and they're all completely different. And, and everybody has a different way of, of looking at something. And with art quilters, it's, it's true. You, you, your brain works in a slightly quirkier way, I think. And you, and you do, you look at things and you think, oh yeah, I could do that with this. And it just, it just puts your own stamp on it to a certain extent. So when the group decides they're going to do Genesis, right, does each person kind of get to decide what they want to do? And so you have, could you have half of the group doing a similar concept, uh, but different uh, expressions of that? Or is it, or do they try to break it up? It's very individual. They, I, they, they come up with a theme and um, it's, it's very individual. Their current exhibition, which is in the same position as this one, with not being open, is called Women. And they have each come up with a very individual piece. I've got a, a video, which, which I'll send you, actually, which is on YouTube. Somebody has done her teacher, some, and then she's done another one with her mother. And then somebody else used a teacher. Um, show she used a face from uh, a mosaic. Beautifully done. Uh, mm -hmm. But very, very individual and, and totally different. But they they just come up with the theme and they seem to be able to think of something straight away. It's okay. What are they? Do you know what they're working on next? Do they know what they're working on next? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> how did they come up with the ideas? Is it a group effort or does someone say, how about we do this? Or I'm not really sure. I'm not really sure how they do that. But I, I think it might be a group thing. And then they'll they'll go away and work on it and... What have you? I had the opportunity to meet most of them in Zikron Yakov, uh, and, and it was wonderful. There's this most amazing hotel there. I've forgotten what it's called now, but um, we met there and had a tour of the building because it was a sanatorium at one point and overlooks, it's on the hill, overlooks the Mediterranean. It's a beautiful place. Then we sat there outside on the terrace and, and had a chat. And they, they, they were interested because I hadn't met all of them. So they were interested in meeting me and hearing about what happens here. They're invested in the show just as much, even though they're not actually physically here. Yes. Well, that's amazing. Oh, yes. Yes. I, th I, think, they, I think they enjoy the fact that it, it is here um, and it gets people seeing their work. Uh, this is the only place in Canada 
that this show comes to. So it comes in from Israel. It's shown here for three or four weeks, and then it's packed up and sent back to Israel. Wow. We're very lucky to have that. Yes. Yes. What are you working on right now? What am I working on? Oh, I'm working on, <laughs> I'm working on a piece I started about three or four years ago. <laughs> I thought... I'd better haul it out and do something with it. So I'm doing that. And then I had the opportunity of working with the children in the day school here. And uh, we did stamping and I'd made stamps of the Hebrew alphabet. And then I gave them cloths to wipe them down. I said, you have to wipe them just to, for the next person to use. And I ended up with all the cleaning cloths, which are beautifully colored. So I've taken those home and I've dried them out and now I've stitched those together and I'm going to make something for each of the groups oh, that's fun. to hang in their classrooms. That's really so. nice. Yeah. <laughs> Question am I not asking you that I should be asking you? <sighs> I don't know. <laughs> How many more photographs am I going to take next time I'm in Israel? <laughs> yeah, that's a great question. How many <laughs> photographs are you planning to take? Uh, well, probably another thousand or so. <laughs> are you planning to go anywhere special on this next trip? We're, um, I'm going with a friend who's never been. We've rented an Airbnb. We're going to. We're about eight minutes walk from where Shoshi lives, so we're within distance. Her brother is going to be our guide again. I, I wrote to Moshe and I said, well, I hate to tell you I'm coming back again. And he said to me, Cynthia, it will take a lot more than that to scare me. So, okay. <laughs> so, so yes, he's, he's got plans. He wants to know what I want to do. And I've given him a list. And I said, this is what I want to do. I want to go over and do the whole thing all over again because it will set it into my head a bit more because I, I got very confused the first time I went in various places and, and thinking this isn't right this is ridiculous nothing that was supposed to have happened here could have happened here when I saw a model of what Jerusalem looked like all those thousands of years ago then I got it but until you see that nothing really makes much sense and so I want to go back and do it again hmm back to the quilt show this is it right they're going back so yes. we're not going to have the chance to see them no if someone was interested in in actually seeing the pieces or seeing some of the other pieces that have been on display is there a place that they can do that unfortunately no not there online or anything no they're not um i have photographs from both shows that we've had here um, and we should perhaps think about a way of putting them online. We did for the um, for the last show, we actually produced a booklet that people were able to take away with them. Um, but we haven't done that for this one. Um, I think it was a, a time constraint too. So it's, it's, it's difficult. So no, we don't have anywhere online that we can look at these and we should and there should be somewhere too that we can do that so so maybe we should go around and photograph them all individually and put them somewhere for people to look at and since people unfortunately have missed this show what's the timeline for the next show <laughs> well the next one if we have one is going to be 2022 <laughs> okay so a little ways off a little people ways have some off. time to plan to, to yes. make time to see them yes yeah well yeah. that's great uh, a couple of quick questions and I think that they're pretty important. Uh oh. So, whatever comes to your mind quickly. Oh dear. Okay. Uh, 
Jewish hero? Uh, Golda Meir. Interesting. Applesauce or sour cream on latkes? Oh, sour cream. <laughs> <laughs> lox or cream cheese? Oh, uh, lox. Do you have a preference on lox? <laughs> no? Capers and onions? Uh, probably onions. Okay. Yeah, no probably not capers, but probably onions. Yeah. All right. All right. Yeah. Well, I want to thank you, Cynthia, for joining us today. Thank you for and asking me. Of course. I'm glad you're here. And thank you so much again for everything that you've done for our community and been able to bring these beautiful quilts here, not once, but not but a couple of times. And we really hope to see you again in 2022. And hopefully the community will be able to come and enjoy them for the full time that they're available. Yes, I hope so. And thank you. I mean, it's it's been, for me, it's also been an incredible journey from that show in Elsa Craig with the Courts of Israel and coming into the community. I was able to work with the children at that point too in the school. Um, and that was a, a huge eye-opener and I really loved it. They're, they're amazing kids. And then coming into the community and working in the community and being able to take part in things has, has been a joy. I thoroughly enjoyed it. So thank you very much. Well, we love to see you around. So <laughs> thank you. we're glad you're here. <laughs> thank you. And that has been this episode of Kahila Cast. Join us next week when we have another interesting discussion with a community member about what's happening. In the meantime, please join us online. Unfortunately, we can't be together to do programming, but we are going to have plenty of programming online. That'll be available, exercise classes, community events. We're going to be doing a Havdalah service every Saturday. We hope to see you there. Thanks a lot.